0: I want to talk about Cyrus today. Um, I had been reading through Isaiah weeks ago, and just really been struck on this portion from Isaiah 45, and it seems a bit appropriate, perhaps, what's uh, in comparison to what's gone south of the border in the election. And so I was reading through Isaiah 45, and it's a prophecy about Cyrus, who, which would be the um, who would defeat the. Uh, Babylonian Empire or inherit its leftovers and would really be kind of the ruler of the known world, the known biblical world for quite a while. And uh, what happened was Cyrus ended up um, issuing a decree and supporting the Israelites who were coming back from Babylon. And as they were rebuilding their city and rebuilding their temple, Cyrus was going to help them. And there's this prophecy in the book of Isaiah, which was some time before Cyrus was even born. And it says this about him. Thus says the Lord, this is verse 1, to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have grasped, to subdue nations before him, and to choose the belt, to loose the belts of kings, to open doors before him, that gates may not be closed. And he goes on from there to say that he's chosen him to do good to his own people, to uh, the Israelites. And he goes on for quite some time. And But the thing I found really interesting was, later on in the same chapter, in the same portion of scripture, um, in verse 9, God starts to kind of rebuke a certain kind of person. And so I want to start reading there from verse 9 and just talk about kind of what was so impactful for me. So he says, "Woe to him who strives with him who formed him, a pot among earth and pots. Does the clay say to him who forms it, what are you making? Or your work has no handles. Woe to him who says to a father, what are you begetting, or to a mother, with what are you in labor?" Thus says the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. And the one who formed him, ask me of things to come. Will you command me concerning my children and the works of my hands? I made the earth and created man on it. It was my hands that stretched out the heavens, and I commanded their host. I have stirred him up, referring to Cyrus, I believe, in righteousness, and I will make all his ways level. He shall build my city and set my exiles free, not for price or reward says the Lord of hosts. And what was really interesting to me here is that God is revealing beforehand that he has a plan to do good to his people who he has exiled and is going to cause to return. And he's announcing that he's going to do it through this powerful pagan king which he is going to give ability to conquer other kingdoms. And it seems like he needs to address this kind of offense that's going to come up that he would choose Cyrus. And I don't know if it was in other peoples, but I can imagine that the people of God themselves would be somewhat offended that it would be a pagan King that God would choose and even call his anointed, that that would be the instrument he would use to bring the Israelites back. You could just imagine they're saying, when God is um, turned from his anger against us, when he's forgiven us for our idolatries and sending us out of the land, then he will raise up a Davidic king. He'll raise up one of us to r- deliver us and to rescue us and to build us up. But now here's God saying, some pagan king, some idolater is going to be God's anointed, going to be the one he chooses to do this and so you can just kind of hear God in verse 9 starting saying like who do you think you are to tell me what to do here when did you make the earth how long have you been ruling over human history for when did you become my dad that you're going to tell me what to do when I'm actually your father and I instruct you and I discipline you and I lead you and I train you and there's just this very interesting to me kind of God uh, asserting himself Guys, don't forget, I am God and I can do what I want in human history. And there's this interesting verse in verse 13 where he says, I have stirred him up in righteousness and I will make all his ways level. And I think, what do you mean by that, God? You've stirred him up in righteousness. And I think in context, he's not necessarily saying that Cyrus is really righteous, like he's the holiest guy who's ever lived, that he's going to be beyond criticism, beyond any kind of... um, correction, like the Lord would never come to him like he came to Nebuchadnezzar and rebuke him for his arrogance. What I think he's saying is I am acting righteously when I raise up Cyrus to do good to my people. I'm not blowing it. I'm not losing it. You don't need to come to me and tell me I'm doing this wrong. You know, like a potter where you say, you come to the potter's house and say, you're making a really, really terrible pot. It doesn't have any handles. It's like, you don't know what I'm working on. And I'm God and I can do this however I want. But I am doing it in righteousness. So there's kind of this rebuke. I've chosen Cyrus to accomplish my purposes. So don't tell me I'm messing this up because I'm doing this right. That's God's message here. And as I read that, and again, this was before all this stuff that's happened recently. As I read that, I just thought, wow, to have God come and and correct his people beforehand. He's saying, how I'm accomplishing my purpose to do you good is going to offend you, my people. That's what he's saying. How I've chosen to accomplish my purposes to do you good is going to offend you. So what I want you to do is humble yourselves, remember that I'm God, and I can rule the world any way I want, and I am choosing to do you good in a way that you would not have chosen for yourself, but that's your issue, that's not my issue. I am going to do you good through Cyrus, so don't complain about this. That's the the impact, that's the importance.